The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, February 15th. We've got some Super Bowl talk to follow up on the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Of course, we recapped it in glorious fashion with John Breach live from the stadium and Brian Wilson and myself from our homes. Uh, but we, you know, you got to do a deeper dive into the Super Bowl. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching for the first time and like the show, toss us a like, subscribe to the channel, and turn on alerts. We go live when, um, when like crazy stuff happens, emergency p- podcast. We actually were the first to ever do the emergency podcast, uh, often imitated, never duplicated. And, uh, if, you know, if a quarterback gets traded or somebody retires, emergency podcast time, baby. Also, if you like the show, give us a five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They are much appreciated. Joining me to do a deep dive into the Rams' victory over the Bengals, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? And more importantly, Breach, um, is uh, the thing happening where, you know, the Immediately after the Super Bowl, it was sort of like, oh, like, oh, it's so crazy. I can't believe that game was nuts. And now you're like, everything's sort of settling in and you're angry and sad and all that stuff. You know what? I had a four-hour plane ride to get over all of my feelings. Not only did I have a four-hour plane ride, I had a four-hour plane ride where I sat directly behind Jalen Ramsey's family. They were <laughs> decked out in Rams gear. Um, maybe his nieces. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but they had these amazing Rams colored braids. And so that is what I was sitting behind the whole time. Sort of four hour reminder of, uh, of, of this loss. Did you ask him my question that I asked you to ask them? I, I did not because uh, the Rams won and I did not want to make <laughs> uh, enemies with Jalen Ramsey's family. So I decided to keep the question to myself. The question that I told Breach he should ask was, uh, did Jalen get over his third degree burns from getting toasted by T and Jamar? But to Breach's point that, Bengals lost and the Rams won, so that would have probably been a short. And they probably would have been like, uh, "Well, you know, would Jamar do the rest of the game?" Or <laughs> Jalen Ramsey had a pretty good game, except yeah, you, you for two notable gotten, exceptions. You would have gotten roasted in front of an entire airplane. Full of people. <laughs> <laughs> would I would have been laughed off the plane. I'd still <laughs> yeah. be in California. They, they, yeah, they would. They would have, they'd be like, uh, "We are actually taking an emergency landing in Phoenix <laughs> to toss this clown out of here." C- CBS Sports. Uh, and a senior NFL blogger tossed off airplane after emergency landing when after being punked by Jalen Ramsey's family is definitely like a viable headline. He was actually telling people on the plane that he was the uh, the host and the one and only on the Pick Six podcast. So that would have made it blown back on you a little bit. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Breach, are you? I mean, are you like? Are you? you it, Wilson and I remarked after you left. And in fact, people in the YouTube comments remarked this too. They're like, uh, why is it breached more sad? The Bengals just lost the Super Bowl. Incredibly yeah. upbeat. It, it was, well, I mean, upbeat. I had plenty of time because I didn't meet with you guys till 20 minutes and, and getting a smile and walking. <laughs> You're high-fiving Bengals fans. 
out of the stadium. Just everybody was. We made it. Everybody was excited about the the run. Like, all right, like we feel like we we got something for the future here. Right, right. That was definitely the vibe I got walking out of the stadium from most Bengals fans. And, you know, the more Brenton, you know, I was slacking you at like 3 a.m. saying, I'm watching this play again. I need to know if you're on my and we'll talk about that some in the podcast. And uh, you do, you know, you kind of go over these certain plays in your head that could have gone either way or maybe that the officials got wrong. And, you know, not that I'm going to blame this game, the officials, but um, and we'll, again, we'll talk about that also. So it was more of a I, I could just the end of the game was anger at the officials for how the Rams got a touchdown. So that took all the sadness out. Then the Bengals got the ball back with 90 seconds and a chance to score. So the fact that they didn't win, you can't blame it on anyone because no matter what happened, they had a chance and they didn't come through. So that took the anger away from officiating or whatever else and just said, you know what? The team lost by three points. They had the ball in their star quarterback's hands at the end. And that's all you can ask for. And so I mean, it was a tough loss, and if we would have talked four seconds after the game, definitely would have been emotional, but, you know, it was, they've got a bright future to feel good. Breach, I'm going to do this, we'll go through this with you like I went through it with Brinson when when Philip Rivers retired. Five stages of grief, denial. So I think denial was <laughs> denial. And, 48 to 72 hours of denial. Is what we're living in right I think now. you put denial and anger together because denial is first and followed by anger. So I, uh, I think I went straight to anger. No denial. You Cause it was just denial. like, you accept the loss. There was no, like, it, you may have like, been in I, denial when, when Zach, Zach Taylor kept, Call the third down play to Samaji P. Ryan. They may have it, maybe the anger happened in game. Maybe anger. No, it was, did. He said the the officials on the Logan Wilson series got him fired up. Right. And next is bargaining. Have, have you sort of bargained with yourself that it's okay? You did. You guys did a good job. <laughs> sounds like he, he sounds like he was doing it with Bengals fans on the way out. High five. Yeah. Like, hey, we'll be back. <laughs> he did all five stages. <laughs> so, you know what the funniest thing is? My sister's literally on her phone. Like I'm booking Airbnb and Phoenix next year because there's no way the Bengals aren't making it back. And my brother-in-law's like, I don't know if we, I don't know if we need to do this. This is, this is like, this is no joke. She was literally on the verge of booking an Airbnb in Phoenix uh, because she's so sure. That might be denial. I don't know which one that is, but she might've invented a new social media stage. I almost took a picture of it like and tweeted out. And so I, I actually text her and I might share that. I was like, did you actually end up booking an Airbnb? And she's like, no, they talked me out of it, but I'm going to book one in July. <laughs> just, just, for February. You, you just wait for like several months and see how the season's going. <laughs> it's like, what about, um, <laughs> where are you at on depression? Because that's next. Have you been depressed or? No, I mean, look, you know, th- th- no one expected this team to be in the Super Bowl. It was like a free ride. You know, it was like you, you bought a flight to. Uh, this, is, this is some level of denial and bargaining. No, you, you well. bought a ticket to <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. You bought a ticket to Omaha, Nebraska. And on the way there, the captain's like, we're actually going to Hawaii. You guys all want a contest. And that's how you feel with the Bengals Super Bowl. But wait, the, the pilot dropped you off in the middle of the ocean, though. You didn't get to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Plane crashed before you <laughs> get you, to you get to, like, the, the rainy side of a volcano, bro. You get to Hawaii, but it rains the whole time. So, like, you're still in Hawaii, but, you know, it's raining and, and, and that volcano uh, erupts. So you don't get to enjoy it as much as you probably should. And the final stage okay, okay, is... All right, hold on, hold on. We need to... We'll, we'll get to the game in a second, but we do need to point out that like before the Raiders playoff game, you said oh boy. you would be absolutely devastated if the Bengals lost because to the Raiders because they, the they were clearly the better team. The Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in th- 30 years. 
they they had a home field advantage. Uh, the, you know, it's just a game that they should win. They were favored. Before the Titans game, you said it would be fine if the Bengals lost. You know, you're in Nashville. You get to see a Bengals playoff game. Not supposed to be here. Blah, 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 blah. Before the Chiefs game, no one expected them to win. So, you know, you lose to the Chiefs in the AC Championship game and Arrowhead to Patrick Mahomes, especially when you're down 21-3. You know, you take an L. It's all right. Before the Super Bowl, you said <clears throat> at this point, you were not willing to take to sign for a loss and to say I'm happy to be there. And yet here you are in the aftermath of the Super Bowl saying that it's perfectly fine that you lost. I, I'm I'm a little No, it's not perfectly fine. It's not because we're gonna go over a lot of my issues I had with the game, which I'm not spilling into now because we're talking about them in the podcast. So there I'm are just not sure I'd be I would I would have gotten out of bed for like I don't know. Three I feel days. like if you talk to most Bengals fans, yes, okay. If I had that option, I definitely would have done that. I, you know, like but I did, you know, I, I chilled most, I wrote the newsletter Monday, chilled most of the day, went to the airport like three hours early and just sat there and with my head down with my a hoodie on and my hood over my head and just stare oh. at the floor for three hours. Pulled an M&M. Okay. 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 All right. That, that, that makes me Is that what you wanted to hear. Yes. That's, that's okay. That's what I wanted to hear. Breach. Sorry. Okay. So you just, you just compacted your sadness basically. Have you accepted it? That's right. the last stage acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, he's look. over it. Okay, no, maybe no, I'm over not it. over it, but I've accepted it. There's a big. How difference. long does it take you to get over? Like when your girlfriend dumped you in high school, how long did that take? Like 35 minutes? No, it takes like <laughs> a couple days. A no. couple days. He's over. It a couple I work days. through things pretty quickly though, because I can yeah, like yeah, logically so. figure out what happened. I would say you do. Um, well, let's uh, let's work through it a little bit more. Let's see how. Let's see if this. <laughs> let's see if this drags up. Let's any, see. Uh, I used to say this. To, we used to say this to our, our roommate in college. Uh, we're gonna make you cry without touching you. So let's see if we can do that. <laughs> Uh, all right, but we'll start with this breach. Was T. Higgins touched? Uh, there was a, a play that you got all, a little worked. I, were we talking about this on the? Or no, he slacked. This was the three a.m. slacks. Was it Jamar Chase or T. Higgins? Jamar. Jamar. Oh, it was Jamar Chase. Sorry. So Jamar Chase catches a ball. Basically, break down the whole thing, breach. Yeah, you were sending like, yeah, you were sending slacks at three a.m. Like, I. It was like it, you were Pepe Silvia. You know, you're like, like Who's the, that? Yeah, the the thing that you did with JJ. The oh, always, I didn't do like, it. He's like, <laughs> he's like hey, and you see here, he didn't touch him, and he should have been on the floor. So obviously, you know, the biggest complaint, if you're on Twitter or whatever, the biggest social media complaint, I think, was at the end of the game was the officiating. Uh, and I had said during the podcast, I think, on Sunday night that I just felt like both teams got a free touchdown. So it didn't really, you know, it was bad. It was bad officiating, but I'd said, after the Raiders got screwed, you know, Wilson, you had said in that Raiders game where the Bengals got a touchdown, the Bengals should have gotten a touchdown. So the right. right thing happened and it's hard to get mad. And you guys asked me if I would get mad if it was reversed. And I was like, no, because the right thing happened. And so I feel like in this instance, I feel like both teams got a free touchdown and that's where I fall on officiating. So those are even, this is the one that I thought was interesting. So we're talking about uh, on uh, Joe Burrow throws uh, a 40, 46 yard pass to Jamar Chase near the end of the first quarter. And Jamar Chase kind of falls and stumbles and lands at the four yard line. But the officials marked the ball at the 11 yard line because apparently they thought Jalen Ramsey touched him after he's, he's he caught the contact. ball down by contact. And so that was the number one play I got texts about from Bengals fans' friends. They're like, are you like, how, how did they rule that down? Even Al Michaels on the broadcast, if you listen to the replay, uh, mentions that he's down at the four yard line. And then uh, when they came back from a commercial or something, you know, they never mentioned why it got moved back to the 11. I still have not watched this game on TV. I probably never will. Um, mm. 
So because I got about seven texts about that specific play, that was literally the only thing, anything that I got texts about besides the officiating at the end with complaints. So I went back and watched it. And I'm watching this thing over and over. I'm, this is like Zapruder film. I'm pulling out every angle I can find. Uh, and and so back into the left. Watching it. <laughs> and then that's when his cousin. Yes. <laughs> so multiple times, I'm like, I am 99% sure Jalen Ramsey didn't touch him. But is that the Bengals fan of me? Or is this what actually happened? So then I drop in Slack. I'm like, anybody awake? Is anybody here to watch this? I need another set of eyes on this. And Brenton responds. He's like, what are you talking about? Why are you being crazy? Well, just tell me what you want to know. I'm like, watch this play and tell me if Jalen Ramsey touched Jamar Chase down. And then Brenton, you can tell me what you thought. Uh, wait. So, but what? What? what exactly? Okay. So, real quick, if 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 Jalen Ramsey did not touch him, and this th- was after the interception. No, this was the the the. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I was. That's what I was asking. No, no, the Rams had just punted, so oh, okay. the the Rams were up seven to nothing. And then the Bengals threw a 46-yard pass from their own 43 down to the Rams 11. If Jalen Ramsey uh, and then then there's three incompletions. They don't. Oh my God! Because this killed the um this killed the first half first quarter under. Because one run from Zach Taylor. If they, and if they're at the four, by the way, he probably runs. It gets stuffed, and it probably goes under the first quarter. But so if Jalen Ramsey did did not get touched, did not touch Jamar Chase then the Bengals would have had a first and goal from the four-yard line. And so... Instead, they had a first and 10 from the 11. Right. And they throw three They throw three times. It's incomplete. They kick with McPherson. And then, in fact, they actually had time for the kickoff before the end of the first quarter. Uh, like I, will, I will say this, no though. reason. God, still, they should have gone under the first quarter. Here's, here's the thing. I'm looking at my notes breach. So the first pass was tipped by Von Miller. The second pass when Weddle got hurt going low on Mixon. And the third pass was a... Arguably, T. Higgins should have caught that ball. Jim Ramsey broke it up. It was a good PBU, as they say in the business. But it hit him in the hands, and he just um, he got it jerked out of his hands by by Jalen. So oh, that was my pass pass. He got, first pass. He got mauled on too. I'm He's talking, third, I'm talking the third down and ten from from the eleven. That was and Wilson. Well, so I just put the play in Slack so you can see it. Which one? The Jamar Chase Jalen Ramsey play. I I would say. All right, here's what I would say. I would say when you watch the play. Yeah, no, I agree with that part. I'm talking about the third down player, T. Higgins. Go ahead. He's very clear. You know, he was touched by Ramsey, touched him, made contact with him as he's running his route. There's absolutely no contact after he catches the ball and falls down. He should have been down at the four. Well, I, I, we can't see the back. We can't. Maybe I, I'm fine. I think Breach is right, but we can't see Jalen whether he touched the back of his heel. And, and now the other part of this is that you know I think on the po- Sunday night's podcast I said I gave Zach Taylor about a C minus for this game, maybe a D after going through everything in my head. Yeah. But this is one of those things you don't put on the officials. This is something that coach needs to challenge. This is seven yards inside the eleven yard line. So those are seven huge yards. The Bengals from the four I think scored a touchdown. The Bengals from the eleven uh, are a completely different team because the red zone was horrible in the, the the playoffs. So when you say that, like I thought Zach Taylor did it, he did an above average Zach Taylor job. And again, it, no, no, it, 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 no, it, he just key situations. Yeah. Fair but, enough. But what, what about my third down? Do you remember the T Higgins pass on third down that he like, you know, it's 50, 50 where he catches, but if he, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He, he caught it like literally one yard in the end zone right. and Jalen Ramsey made a nice play out, but Higgins probably should have caught it. So, so that, that makes me feel a little better about it, but I take your point. I'm not, I agree with you about the no touch. 
Like, I would, the Bengals I, had two timeouts at halftime. Why couldn't you have used one of those on a challenge? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you should have. Well, he had the over on the on the timeouts as well. <laughs> here, we, and here, this comes back to one of the issues that I've talked about all season long, or at least since about halfway through the season when the NFL started implementing it. Where's the eye in the sky? They didn't show up. They didn't go to the Super Bowl. They were in the stands drinking. <laughs> I mean, there, there was absolutely – that's something to remember, I think, too, for future Super Bowls, and depending on the referees that are assigned to them. It was very clear to me that this game was meant to be – like left alone by the officials. And I think that the NFL made an, a point of telling these officials, you know, don't throw, you know, don't, basically they met with the crew and like, look, we don't want a bunch of flag. We don't want a flag fest. We don't want you slowing the game down. This is not about you. This is about the stars in the game. That game was fast. It was, it was like they were allowed to play. And, you know, and that's fine. If, you're consistently doing that. You can't have change it up. In the there was only four penalties called the entire game, and then there was four penalties called right. in that last nine two minute sequel or the last three minutes of the game. So that's a huge contradiction of yeah, how you've been the, calling the game. And yeah. that was Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy, a former coach, complained. A Hall of Fame, a Super Bowl winning coach, said the exact same thing. That look, if you're going to let them play, then let them play. You can't change the way you're officiating. At the end of the game, yeah, the Bengals were like, "We've been allowed to do whatever we want this entire game physically with these DB with these receivers. We're going to keep doing it." And then all of a sudden, the officials were like, "That's a flag, and that's a flag." Because if they've been calling the pass interference and stuff like that, and uh, and sort of the the physicality of the nature on defense, if they've been calling it for the whole game, I, I think the Rams produce a lot more points because the Bengals were really aggressive um, with their DBs, which is and it's fine. Like if if, if it's being officiated that way, it's fine. Um, it's this is this is a no-brainer. I, I don't know what Zach Taylor was thinking. I don't know why the NFL didn't show up and, and use the eye in the sky. I, I think part of it probably falls. And you have a hundred different camera angles at the Super Bowl. This isn't like a regular season game where you might have three angles of it. Did they rush up to run the next play? I don't believe so. No, there there's oh my god. There was nearly a minute of time elapsed between the, the two snaps, 132 and 42 seconds. There is tons of time to look at that. And so it's on Zach Taylor. It's all, it's, and I, I don't know who I'm blaming here. Yeah, I don't put it on the officials. I think that Zach, the officials, you know, they get calls like this wrong. It happens. The game, that's what the challengers are for, though. That's what the challengers are for. Literally, it's the first half. You have nothing to lose. And like you said, seven, it's seven yards, a massive seven yards because you go from first and 10 at the 11 to first and goal at the four. You feel like you're getting six if you if you get first and goal at the four. Right. If this was like at the 43-yard line to the 50-yard line, that's a huge difference. But when you're talking about uh, 11 yards f- to the end zone and you're getting seven free ones by challenging this, you got to take it. You're getting 70% of the way to the end zone from where you are. I also, I, again, well, my, I, only, my only pushback is that T.A. can had a chance to catch it. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but I mean, it wasn't yeah. like, like it wasn't like Joe, Joe Burrow got strip-sacked and the ball turned over. I also sort of wonder if they're on the four-yard line one, they definitely run the run the ball at least once. Twice I, the Samaj P run. I think there's actually a chance that they would go for it on fourth down if they got inside the two yard line. Yeah, they did it on the because Breach was actually nervous on the first drive when they did, and I thought they did the right thing. I didn't. I disagree yeah. with that one. But, but, but anyway, like that really. I mean, you know, you go for it on the fourth down, like short there, and you miss. 
and you know the Rams get the ball. I mean, they could have changed the entire complex complexity of the game. Well, uh, and the, the interesting thing about and I think the analytics were like medium on that one. It wasn't a hard go for it or a hard don't go for it. Um, and you know, you have a more perception, I guess, or your your heart's into it and you're watching it as a fan. And as soon as that fourth and one came up, the first I was like, please punt, please punt the ball <laughs> because. Your defense just made a great stop on the Rams' first possession. And my thought was that if you go for it and fail, you're giving the Rams the ball at midfield. They have one of the best offenses in the NFL. And if they score any points, you've lost all semblance of momentum. You're shooting yourself in the foot, and there's no reason to do that when you're in a spot where you could easily pin them inside the 10-yard line or the 5-yard line. Uh, And it's the Super Bowl. Your team's never playing it. You might have a little – the offensive jitters are there. We've seen it happen all the time in Super Bowls where the scoring starts off slow. And that's – I mean, the Bengals, they you know they only got nine yards on three plays. They didn't even get a first down those three plays. And so, yeah, I wanted them to punt there – and and the fact that you don't have Joe Mixon on the field, which we're going to talk about more, you don't have. You know, I, I tell you what, let's take a quick break, and we come back, we will rip Zach Taylor to shreds. <laughs> the all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So you mentioned no no Joe Mixon. And I mean, I think if I were thinking of one thing that's sort of disappointing from this game, if you're, I mean, aside from losing it, if you're a Bengals fan, uh, is that I sort you sort of have to like, don't you sort of wonder is Zach Taylor a good like you? Beth, you may have even said this on Sunday Breach. Like, do you even know if Zach Taylor's a good coach? Like, he just went to the Super Bowl. You know, like when McVay went to the Super Bowl early in his career three years ago or whatever. It's like all right, I'm pretty sure McVay's a good coach. Like I'm like I, I feel confident saying Sean McVay's a good coach. I don't know that Zach Taylor, and, I, and I, actually, I don't know if we know Sean McVay's still a good coach, but that's beside the point. Um, I don't know. Like, is is this outcome of this season where you go to the Super Bowl and lose? Is it in some ways potentially bad, just because it's like Zach Taylor? I mean, he has ten years of of wiggle room now, right? Like, well, I was actually thinking about that. I'm thinking like. 
I give them 17. What's half of 17? Eight and a half. I give them 15 and a half games. No, that's not right. They're just 25 and a half games. Sorry. That he, like 2024, he might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is. There is zero chance you could put him on any sort of warmth seat for 2020. Just because one is because of the Bengals, right? Like maybe a different, maybe a different team. You know, we've seen like, you know, college just happens all the time, right? Like Ed Orgeron wins a title and he's gone. Gene Chizik wins a title, gone in two yeah, years. No, no, he's zero hot. If he's on a hot seat list, that person doesn't know what they're doing with hot seat list for, for 2022. And probably 2023. And mm-hmm. so, but you're talking about a coach who only won six games and now you're in a Super Bowl. So there is, I think the interesting thing here is I think uh, Rappaport reported on Sunday that, that Taylor's expected to get an extension this offseason now. Which and see that right there means that he's not he's not going, they're not they're not paying for two coaches right and so if I'm running the Bengals I'm letting him coach one more year before I make any decisions because you can't and, and that's not again I I still I don't think he, Zach he Taylor a four year or five year deal when he started I don't think he's a bad coach I don't think he's a great coach I think he's somewhere between average and great right now and that he could move up you know if he, if this continues in the next season he's going to keep moving up but right now you know just because he only won six games his first two seasons. I think you just have to be sit back, wait and see what he does in year four. And he's got a five-year deal. So it's not like he's going okay. anywhere and then give so him that. Here's what he's, I just He's the lowest paid NFL head coach, by the here's way. Here's what I just oh, That's classic Bengals. They under. So before Debo's dude, Doug, hmm. no NFL head coach had ever been fired within six years of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> So he, maybe he is in for the long haul. And the Brown, I mean the Browns. You said of, of, of winning, of winning a Super Bowl. Oh, that's true. There you go. You, you got off the hook there. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I forgot they fired Doug right after winning a Super Bowl. No, I think Brenton, what you were about to say, he's he's fine in twenty twenty three too. I, th- I just think if he wins, let's say six games next season, that's a huge underachievement that puts him on the warm seat heading the next season, and then you win you don't make the playoffs in 2023, then that's where you say, all right, do we have the right guy? He's been bad four seasons. So uh, there's a lot of wiggle room here when you get to the Super Bowl because you earned it. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously next year, um, and just the way he coaches this game, because I think that's where we were going with this point with yep. the Joe Mixon stuff and having your one of your best athletes off the field on all of these pivotal plays. And that was when Mixon wasn't out there for fourth and one, or even the fourth and one at the end of the game that, that cost the Bengals the championship when Joe Mixon wasn't on the field and they went in an empty set. And when you've been, your quarterback's been sacked six times in the half and you're out in an empty set. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are we doing here? It, it felt so the Bengals throughout the season, very consistently took Joe Mixon off the field on third downs for Samaje Pirine near the end of the season. I don't know if Pirine was hurt. I don't know what exactly what the, the deal was, Piran was not coming on nearly as much. Mixon was a workhorse down the stretch. And then in the playoffs, they went back to the, the Pirine stuff. It, it, and so I, I guess it's like, if you're, if you're going to run on that third and one near the end, before, before the final, before the next, like three plays before the end of the game, like, are you putting somebody Pirine out there because you're trying to like trick the Rams into thinking you're not going to run and it's a pass play? Because I guess that's the only excuse. Otherwise, Joe Mixon's got to be out there. This guy is just Joe freaking Mixon. Like he's and you can't go empty set, and you can't go empty. Right, cannot go when your quarterback's been sacked six times in the second half. The way that Aaron Donald's been winning, you know, it's fourth and four. You got to, you have to give him some help back there. 
So yeah, I think I think there's a lot of things that you know we mentioned. We're, you know, we didn't really even wrap up with the challenge. I, I also think that some you know whoever's looking at the 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 looking up like whoever's upstairs for the spotter for for Zach Taylor is on the hook for that too. Like, was anyone was anyone in his ear like, hey man, you got to challenge that? You know, um, it, it did feel like. Do Two you, plays you, that the Bengals could have challenged that, that they did not. I said that's the second one now that we're talking about. They could have challenged that they did not. Which way? Which one? The um the, the Jamar Chase one and this one. The th- or you think the third down should have been challenged? I, I you have nothing to, or I guess it, you can't challenge it because inside two minutes. So yeah, 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 yeah. You could. I didn't you, think I didn't think it was that close. Live. Yeah. If watching on TV, I don't think it was as close. Maybe as it looked in. in I think at, at the minimum, you should have asked the official for a measurement, and that way you have time to like time. You get a free timeout, basically. It, it felt like it. It felt like at various points in this game that the that things were sped up a little bit for Zach Taylor, not so much for Joe Burrow. Um, and that maybe the Rams, you know, the Bengals have been so good at adjusting at half. Uh, sort of maybe the you know credit the Bengals came out hot in the second half, but it felt like the Rams adjustments were. The Rams counter adjustments or the Rams adjustments were better than the Bengals adjustments. Yeah. The Rams weren't able to run the ball. The Bengals on, on defense, uh, not on offense. Well, the yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, also they said Raheem Morris switched to like that five man front. And, yeah, we talked about that um yeah. a little bit with Breach on after the Super Bowl. But the uh, Bengals are basically working with, you know, two hands tied behind their back because that offensive line was was so terrible all year. And they, you know, they played played well for thirty five minutes or so. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I also think that there's a good case to be made that the, I mean, the Bengals were not. I mean, the Bengals were not the best team in football. You know, like the 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 Bengals sort of got here. The the Bengals pulled. This season was a magical season for the Bengals. You know, well, like it, I told Breach, they were the 2005. They were the 2005 Steelers. That it, team didn't win the division. They went on the road. They won on the road, even though the Bengals had that first Bengals won the game. Division. And a crazy thing to think about in this game, though, is that the Bengals led in the second half for 28 minutes and 23 seconds. Yeah, that's like, well, yeah. And you just keep reading about how, you know, the Rams dominated the second half or this and that because Burrow got set. Okay, but the the Bengals led almost the entire second half. What was the turning point for you on the the, when you knew that it was looking bleak? Was it Samaja P. Ryan or before that? Literally, let me, I will say that. At the end of the th- at the end of the third quarter, when I realized uh, the Rams had like they were driving, they just got in the Bengals territory at the end of the third quarter, and in my head, I'm thinking if they can force upon this drive, yeah. I, I think they're going to win because they were up. It was twenty to sixteen at that point. Joe Burrow just gotten sacked five times. It in the was third. Twenty twenty to thirteen. It was twenty thirteen at the end of the. Third, the, the, they kicked the field goal with six minutes left in the third quarter. Yes, yeah, so it was 2016. Oh, okay, okay. At the end of the third quarter, and in my head, because the Rams were at midfield at that point, and they had all the momentum, and it just in my head, I'm just saying, if they punt here, the Bengals can win this game. The Bengals are going to win this game um, because Joe Burrow just gotten sacked five times in the third quarter. It just felt like the Bengals got destroyed in the third quarter, except for that first play to T. Higgins. But even though they got destroyed, they were still winning. And I, I, I think the Rams did punt. Well, I, that's where I'm going with this. Oh, okay. So the first two <laughs> plays of the fourth quarter. Anger dunk. <laughs> the, the first two plays of the fourth quarter, uh, Cam Akers loses two yards. Then it's a third and seven, I think, at midfield or maybe at the Bengals 49-yard line. Stafford throws an incompletion, and I'm just like, oh, my God, they forced a punt. Uh, and then I I was – at that point, my confidence was went from like 55 to 80%. Yeah. 
I, I was saying in, in uh, probably said in Slack, and I was saying definitely you know to friends and all text and whatnot. I was like, when it was twenty to sixteen, and so the Rams said there's three straight drives where they went punt, 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 and the Bengals also <laughs> went punt, and the Bengals weren't doing anything either. They were punt, 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 punt. But when it was twenty to sixteen, it's like it just feels like it's a fourteen point lead. Like it yes. feels like the, it feels like the Bengals are in complete control of this game. And honestly, and this can actually get us into our next point that I wanted I wanted to deep dive on. It, that final drive by the Rams, 15 plays, 72 yards, um, only seven yards of penalties, which is a little surprising. It felt like 42 at the end. Um, seven first downs results in a touchdown with, uh, what, uh, a minute? 90, 90, 90 seconds, seconds left. Roughly 90 seconds left. I, I almost feel like that drive was born completely out of desperation for the Rams. And they said – and I think McVay has come back and said this, or he's, he's had quotes and articles that I've read where he's like, he and Kevin O'Connell, actually, you know, it was, in, it was on SI.com, Albert Rear's uh, recap. So he spoke to McVay in the tunnel after the game. And he mentioned McVay had a vodka drink twice. Right. Um, <laughs> O'Connell and McVay both were like, essentially, we said, F it. We're just going to figure out how to get the ball to Cooper Cup. We know that they're putting the three guys on Cooper Cup. We don't care. We've got to get him the ball because they, you know with Odell Beckham out, they didn't trust. They didn't trust enough their other guys. And I, I, I probably rewatched that throw from Matthew Stafford, the no look throw, where yeah, I probably watched it a, a million times. On yeah, on, no, on, we we Breach and I both and Debo too have all blocked you on Twitter because uh, I can't. Get yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm annoying on Twitter right now. Um. Here's the thing, and so they how many, carries, how many carries they have? They had seventeen, like twenty four, twenty five carries. I can't do the math real quick. The Rams did prior to that last drive. The Rams had zero successful carries. The EPA was zero, basically, on eighteen carries. One of the four teams to post a zero point zero percent rushing success rate in a game over the last six seasons. That's per next gen stats. It's unbelievably bad. And then, as you mentioned on the last drive, they're like, "Well, maybe this running stuff isn't working." 97% of the way through the game and the previous drive and breach. I don't know if you mentioned this because I was looking at something else. That's the Tyler Boyd drop on third down that gets it to at least third and one, maybe third and oh, a half. Oh, that first his, his only season. drop of the entire season. That drop so, was huge. So that's that was at the moment I was like, oh boy, Tyler, you, you can't drop that ball. It didn't feel like the game was over because the Rams had done literally nothing to that point. It, it, it felt like the Rams got life. That's true. It may have given him a little kick in the pants. And then Sean and, said, finally, okay, I get it. I got to do something different. But, think, and and I if you get the first down there, you're basically at midfield with six minutes left in the game and a fresh set of downs and winning. So at the minimum, you get a field. You only need was, 10 was more the yards. Drop, was, the, was the drop on third down? It was on yeah. third nine. From he, the third it, it, it was either, either going to be really close to a first down or fourth and one. it was going to be fourth and one and Jack yeah. was going to go. But, like, if it, but if it is a first down – there's only six minutes left and you have another rest of the downs minutes. and you only need 15 yards to be in field goal range, which puts you up a touchdown. So like even. Yep. What would shot. you have said if Evan McPherson had a chance to tie the game at the end and missed a 47 yarder? Would you blame it on sitting there at halftime and watching the show? Oh yeah. That would have been a hot Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> uh, right, the Stafford throw. Wait, I want to hear what Breach has to say. Oh, no, I wouldn't have blamed any oh, Evan okay. McPherson. They're only that far because of him. So you're not going to pin him. 14 and 14. Like that that's him. a record. Yeah. Ties a record. Ties a record. Do you think it is fair to put that the throw from Stafford? And for, for those of us, the throw to Cooper Cup. No, the, go ahead. The angle, the angle is insane when you see it from Von Bell's angle. Von Bell played it perfectly. There's no other way he could have played it. Stafford pats the ball, sort of pump fakes like he's throwing 
the 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 inside route and it's like groundhog day but <laughs> i can't get away from this freaking play all because uh, of you <laughs> von bell von bell makes a move inside yes because he's going to he's like I mean, he's thinking like i'm gonna stop i'm gonna i'm gonna jump this and stafford without and he's got his eyes locked on the on the on the right route instead of the middle route where cooper cup is and then without breaking eye contact on the right route he flings it a laser and you can see von bell realizes it and is like going back and is like what the hell like i mean like and again i'm not blaming von bell at all he played it perfectly he he, he played it the way you have to play it so okay, I'm, gonna back, well, I'm gonna back Brenton up here because I, I think this was a top three throw in Super Bowl history. I think okay, it's up there. Oh, this I is up there. Oh, 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 well, of course, but it's like uh, the more, Julian Edelman tipped ball to himself. The Julio Jones losing the catch. The, I mean, the there's loss. a lot of great catches, but I think it. It no, 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 no. It's a top five throw, throw not catch. Correct. Throw because like the helmet catch, throw. The helmet catch is not a great throw. It's Eli under pressure he threw it up. But yeah, Eli there's a difference. There's a Eli difference. beat seven guys twice. Like, well, Ben's throw. throw. Ben's throw in against the Cardinals, he threw in a triple coverage, had a, th- had a three-inch window to work with in the back corner. Like, that's a crazy the, throw. The, the Manningham throw, when you rewatch it, it's like it comes off of Eli's arm so fast and is in this, like, like minuscule – I rewatched it a bunch yesterday. It's like this minuscule little, like, bucket. It, like, I mean, it's just like there's nowhere else to put it, and it's so bang-bang. And We were there. We saw it live. Um, I, I think it's a top five. I think Stafford's throw – is a top five Super Bowl throw. No, I'll put it in top five. Once you okay. once you mentioned like top one or two, I was like, okay, hold on a second. Well, and, and I, again, I think the distinction between throw and catch is really important here. Like, right, right. Like it, I know Eli did a bunch of stuff to evade the rushers, but and 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 he got the ball out, but it wasn't like you know, it was more of like uh, a sort of a desperation heave versus well, like it, a, the other part of this crap, is, is like that. Oh, you know what else is up there? Well, it, go ahead. The Mahomes, um, Tyreek. The third and fifteen uh, wasps. I think that f- fits more into the Eli Manning than I think Savage throw is actually better than that. I, th- I think it's better than that too. Because Tyreek was wide ass open. Yeah. So exactly. you, right, right. And so that was the other part. Is so the advantage of like sitting where I was at the game is because you have like a permanent all twenty two view of everything that's happening, and you are zoned in when this play happens because it's near the end of the game. I'm paying close attention, and when Von Bell stutter stepped toward the other receiver to give Stafford that three inches he needed of extra air room to get the ball into Cooper cup in my head. I saw it happen. I'm like, what the hell are you doing Vaughn? Like, why would you step away from Cooper cup? Because I couldn't see the no look aspect of this from where I was sitting. Right. And then you see the replay and you're like, Oh my God, that's just a brilliant throw Von Bell. You can't be blamed at all. That's just like, that is just a brilliant play that you can't really defend because so you, so you saw the no look aspect in no, the, not to the, the, the replay. On the replay is what I'm saying. Because like so, watching it live, I couldn't believe Von Bell fell for a throw to the why he stuttered left away from Cooper Cup. Right. Uh, and like, why would you do that? And it was clear because that's where he thought Stafford, Stafford was throwing was it. it. Somebody, there was like one random guy in my mentions or like on in, in just on Twitter, like replying. He's like, that's it's a great throw, but it's not a no look throw. It's like, 
he's not looking at the guy he threw to. It's a no. Well, I, I would like to know whether his head's pointed right and he's looking left. Because here's the thing. I, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes does you that. You do too. one of these things where your eyes right, are exactly. the way you're But that's still impressive because you're throwing everybody I get up. it. But here, here's what I was going to say. If when Patrick Mahomes does it and misses guys that are wide open, then you're like, what are you doing? That's all. <laughs> well, yeah, but if sure. Stafford doesn't look away, Von Bell doesn't stutter step and he probably bats the if, ball if down. If Stafford doesn't stare down the non Cooper was it Skronik or was it uh, the, I'm not even sure if it was Skronik or the tight end, whoever it was. If he doesn't stare him down, Von Bell doesn't take that little step. And, right. and there's also, like I said, I, I mentioned on and here, there's no window because Bell only missed the ball by like three inches. And oh, it was crazy close. And like so Stafford does this, he he does a little like arm cock, and pats the ball, and and it was like and now he's gonna throw it and he does throw it. But Von Bell's like, okay, this guy, you know, he did, he did the thing he does, you know, he's preparing to throw it. The ball's coming out. I'm going to, I'm going to pick six, this thing. And then credit again to Von Bell, Stafford whips it. And Bell is like, oh my God, that ball's going to my right. And is like almost back in time to get it. But there's just, just enough room. And Cooper Cup's running into the, into space. And the, like the anticipation required to make that throw without looking in that stage at with that, as much time as there was left, Knowing that this is this is the this is the legacy drive. Like if Stafford doesn't get a touchdown on that drive, it, I mean y'all are killing me. Y'all are killing him. It is like it's like Stafford laid an egg in the Super Bowl. You know, two two interception. I, I the narrative would be that Stafford didn't didn't like that Stafford lost the Super Bowl if he didn't have that legacy defining drive. That well, would be correct. if Joe, if the Bengals score a touchdown and win twenty seven twenty three, I think the narrative still Stafford lost them the Super Bowl and then right. Burrow won it. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. And just because, and again, you know, I think we said this the other night, 10 years from now, it's going to say Matthew Stafford led them to a touchdown on drive. That's what people are going to remember. But for right now, you know, you have Richard Sherman uh, shooting Brinson down on Twitter and trying to kill his, his Matthew Stafford I Hall of Fame argument. Like, but, but I thought like I think, murdered Sherman on that debate. Well, because, but I'm saying with this, though, there's still that controversy of uh, did the officials give Stafford the touchdown more than Stafford earned it? But again, I, I like, I'm the Bengals guy, and I think Stafford made a top five throw in Super Bowl history. And, you know, that got them down to where they needed to be. That was a what, 24, 26 yard gain. Um, Man, that, that took a, that, what a, what a rate, what a, what a wild roller coaster of emotions for me just now. I'm thinking Wilson's like, oh, I can't want to talk about this throw anymore. And then Breach is like, I got to say, it is a top five throw in Super Bowl history. All right. Well, Breach and I said earlier that if we just lean in favor of you, you'll just quit talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see alright let's take a break and when we come back comebacks don't happen often but they did for the Rams in this game this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is the fifth time in Super Bowl history that a team is trailing and scored to take the lead in the final f- two minutes, which is wild. You know, we we were going over the Super Bowl rankings list. Uh, trailing and scored a touchdown. Oh, it scored a touchdown to take the lead. Excuse me. Um, there was Eli against the uh, Patriots the first time when he hit Plaxico Burris. Oh, no. Joe Montana over to John Taylor. Never heard of that one. Which one when was that? <laughs> Big Ben to Santonio Holmes. The Giants again without a mod Bradshaw accidental touchdown. And then Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. So two on Brady and two on the Bengals, plus the the legendary Big Ben to Santonio Holmes. So I, I think that uh this probably this is also sort of correlated to the fact that you know, we were talking about ranking the Super Bowls. There's just a ton of blowouts. For like the first 30 years of the Super Bowl, there's just tons of blowouts. And now there's all these you know, really close, crazy games. Um, do you want to talk about the fact? Oh boy, Breach looks like he's drifting back into anger. The, 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 the <laughs> Bengals are on this list twice. It, yeah, the, the, the Bengals have three Super Bowl losses by a total of twelve points. You lose your first Super Bowl by five points. You lose your second Super Bowl by four points. You lose your third Super Bowl by three points. Like. They just get progressively more painful, which doesn't even seem possible because you're thinking yeah, three years from now, you'll be a winner. Maybe unless we lose in overtime, because I think that would oh. be next. How's, right, how's your dad? How's your dad holding up? How's friend, friend of the podcast, Jim Breach holding up? You know, what's funny. I, we haven't, we, we text after the game. I haven't got a chance to talk to him yet. Cause I was traveling yesterday and now it's Tuesday. I'm hanging out with you guys. So I, I've got to have I'll have my my catch up phone call with them either later today or tomorrow. And, and I'll report back. But I know that, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, he'll just it, well in the text. He just points if a couple of these other plays could have gone our way, it's it then then they win, and and it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that you're literally only one or two plays away from winning a Super Bowl. And for and you know, I, I was sitting behind Mike Martin, a former Bengals player who played in Super Bowl twenty three. I told you that he actually predicted Stafford's, uh, I think second interception or second after, one, the second one, yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was after the Bengals took a lead. And he, before the ball even kicked off, he's like, Stafford's going to press on this drive. Bet you he throws an interception on the first or second play. And it was the first play. And it was literally crazy to to just hear him say that. And he was emotional after the game. He had some tears in his eyes, and I'm sure my dad did too. And it was like, for these guys, it's like reliving. All you're hoping is, we just lost one of the most painful Super Bowls ever in Super Bowl 23, if you're a former former player. And you're thinking, I don't want to see this team live. I don't want to see anyone go through this again. I don't want anyone to deal with the emotions I had to experience. And here we are, a new generation of Bengals fans hit with another impossible loss. I mean, we were literally looking at a list. This has only happened five times ever. And 40% of them 
are to the Bengals. I mean, it's just. And then the other two are those like insane Giants wins over the Patriots that had like but, no but business. The Patriots happening. fans have six Super Bowl rings to like get over those losses, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like, and, it's not like. And Big Ben's uh, got a big, and, and then you know, the Cardinals, well, I guess the Cardinals. Right, the Cardinals are kind of in the same boat, but they don't have three of them, you know? They yeah. don't have multiple just back-breaking losses that just emotional. I think that might be why I'm not sad. You're just, you're emotionally burnt out. There's nothing else. You're, you're to, an emotional armadillo. Like you're, 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 <laughs> Uh, your shell is too tough to be uh to be to be burnt by after this people. many times that it's happened you're just like oh my god here we go again you know i um i i was doing that home field twitter spaces thing for the nc state release and I, I know i bring up nc state way too much <laughs> uh but like you know, they're like they're like can some of you guys who are you know the invited speakers talk to us about um you know the the, the emotional like the the mental state of an nc state fan i was like yeah i mean we're the great innovators of pain you know, like that's like this is what we do is we find new ways to backbreak us, uh, to backbreak the fans. Oh, and it, by the way, that reminds me, I was listening to uh, well, this won't surprise you. I was listening to NPR yesterday, and uh, Greg Miller is a huge sports fan. I don't think he's a Bengals fan, but he was an NPR, and he's he's a um, he's a therapist, and he specializes in therapy for people who are really who are huge fans and and need ah. time, like you know, punch televisions and, and can't get over do their day to day. That's not you, Breach, but I'm sure there's some people that could use uh, that after after what happened over the weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, okay, so Cooper Cup had an incredible season. If you include, so if you do the, the if you include the regular season, he had eight catches, ninety two yards, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. If you include the and his biggest play wasn't even those; it was his run on fourth and one with yeah. five minutes left to go, and on, From, at the at their own thirty yard line, their own thirty. I mean, that was, you know, what's funny is we always call McVay conservative. I actually thought he was going to punt there because they had all no three way. timeouts. They had all three timeouts. That they're at their own 30. If they fail, you're giving the Bengals a field goal because Ed McPherson's not missing. And then you're down a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I thought so, I, I said in the group chat, for whatever reason, this this group chat of my crew, like all, we always talk about these fourth down situations. And I was like, this is a no brainer. Right. And somebody was like, no, it's not. You could definitely punt here. I was like, it's yeah, all three timeouts. You're only down four points, five minutes left. It's not like, and your defense has stopped the Bengals on four straight possessions. For me, it was like you, you, if I, I, I we always, we also, we also, the, the question that gets asked, it's like, okay, Carolina has the ball. They're up four against us or we're up four against them. It's fourth and one do you want them to go or punt? And I'm like, hey, punt, please punt. Like as a Bengals fan, what did you want McVay to do? Oh, I want him to punt it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm like, if they go for it, they like, they can't run it. They have not been able to run the ball. That is way too risky. So they're gonna have to throw it. And they run a freaking reverse. That was a great play call. Is this a jet sweep? Oh, a, uh, yeah, whatever. I, whatever. I, like, I haven't around, watched yeah. replay of it. Yeah. Is it so. or a jet sweep? I thought it was jet Same sweep. difference. There's, it's just, he's going, there's no reverse. Okay. Doesn't yeah, reverse I mean, they did what, you know what they did? They did what they should have been doing the entire freaking game. It's like, figure out a way to get the ball in Cooper Cup's hands in non-traditional methods because the Bengals are like, like motion him. You know, they, they, somebody, Collinsworth maybe mentioned it before, or, or Drew Brees mentioned it before. I can't remember, but it was like, watch for all the motion, the motion, the motion, motion. You know, oh no, it was Rodney Harrison. Because he said that Von Bell told him, they're like, look, if they don't motion, guys, we know what this defense, what this offense is going to do. We can play this offense. But if they do a ton of motion, it just makes it more difficult to figure out. And it felt like, it felt like McVeigh's play designs for basically the entire game were just extra. And maybe losing Odell Beckham messed it up. But it felt like it was just very vanilla. There wasn't like this 
you, you know, like, like where was the Cooper? Like, where were the the Cooper Cup rushes? Like, I wanted those early on. If I'm if I'm a Rams fan, and they finally used it on that fourth down, it was it was ballsy to go for it. Um, and Cup, uh, I don't think so. I think I think also it'd have been ballsy if they ran straight up the middle with Sonny Michelle or. That would have been stupid, but yeah. Yeah, I think that we, you know, we talked about this after the game that sometimes you get too, a little too cute on fourth down. I think that was the right play call, given that nothing else was working, and they had to go for. It. I can't imagine. Maybe Sean McVay discussed if, punting if, it, but if, if, he, if he had punted it and and they lose the game, that is that is our biggest talking point on like this by, after the game, like Matthew Stafford and then him. Yeah, and like you said, I'm the Bengals guy. I wanted to punt as a Bengals fan. That's what you want to do. I have to think Rams fans wanted him to go for it. I think I thought he should have gone for it, and yes, he did. Yeah, and that you know that I, was. I thought, uh, I thought it was a no brainer. I was surprised to get pushback from yeah, people. That's on actually, it. I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, Cooper Cup finished the season if you include the playoffs, two thousand four hundred and twenty five yards, one hundred and eighty. Uh, 180 receptions. I almost said interceptions. Then you would have made a Matthew Stafford joke. Correct. And 22 touchdowns. He joins Joe Montana from 1989. Oh, my God. As the only players to win Offensive Player of the Year and the Super Bowl MVP in the same season. And both guys beat the Bengals in the playoffs. In the Super mm. Bowl. That's How many games regular season? How, how many season? times can we tie things to that? Where I The only know. other time it happened was when Let's, they beat the Bengals. How many regular season games and, and playoff games Super Bowl combined? Did Matthew, uh, Matthew, did a uh, Cooper cup have fewer than 92 receiving yards? I, I'm not looking, but I have looked at this in the last like four days. One. No, it's like three. I think it is. One. If you get the Super Bowl, it might be four. It's one. It's one. Wait, 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 wait. fewer than what? 92. Oh, 92. This was yeah, his yeah, lowest. Yeah. One of his lowest totals. And he still went. That's MVP. right. He's had 11 games of hundred plus receiving yards, four games of over 130 receiving yards. And he only had 53 receiving yards until that final drive. Four catches, 53. And then, you know, he had his hit over under was one Oh five and a half for like, and it was like, and that was the lowest total, like prop he's had in like, in like six weeks. And by the way, the athletic well, shell Capadia, who you claim is a friend of this podcast, I don't have verification of that. He's been on this podcast. Says uh, that has many. He says that when Matthew Stafford targeted Cup in the fourth quarter during the playoffs, he was twelve for twelve for two hundred eight yards, nine first downs, two touchdowns. Cup has the most fourth quarter receiving yards in a single postseason of any player since at least two thousand. And it's funny because when we did the over under for Cooper Cup, I, I, I went first. On the podcast last week, on our pick six show, said the under and Brinson, you like laughed. You're like, that's when you you gave me the uh, Brinson, you're just trying to will all this stuff into existence. There's no way he's going yeah. under. And if they, because it seemed like if he went under, that the Bengals would win if you're shutting down Cooper Cup. And then here was the exact, it played out that he went under and they still won. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, it was, you know, I, I think, but let's tie in Odell's injury, right? Odell tore his ACL. He's going to have surgery. Um, it, it really clouds his future because. He said he was willing to take a pay cut to come back to Los Angeles. Now, I guess you're the Rams. You're still you're still willing to do it, but you know, actually, I guess if you're the Rams, you're, you're fine with it because you have Robert Woods who's coming back. You know, and then so you can maybe be patient with Odell. But an ACL tear in the Super Bowl, man. I mean, that's you know, that obviously as late as it can possibly happen. It's like a month away from free agency. That's a tough spot to be for Odell. And he was starting same, to play. He started to play really well. Looks same cool. D. Same D. Yeah. That sucks. It does. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up back with the Rams. I, I, I almost sort of hope the Rams like throw him a bone. They're like, hey, look, you know, you were so, you're so key for us down the stretch. You know, we don't win a Super Bowl without Odell Beckham. We don't win a Super Bowl without Von Miller, right? So we're going we're gonna to give you a decent contract for like a two-year deal with an I don't know how you do it, but just give him some money and be like, just, you know, 
take your time, get back in shape. I think you give him a one year deal and yeah, say, deal. give him a fair amount. That way, if he doesn't, this is a second ACL tear, you know, in, in a short amount of time. I mean, so, he, he could be nine months before he's back. Right. And so I think you just kind of reward him for what he did for like you. Yeah. You don't have to throw, because he knows it's going to be hard for him to get, he's not going to get a multi year deal <laughs> and free agency in March. So I think if you're the Rams, you don't, you know, you don't have to make him the highest paid anything because he's coming off an injury, but you give him, I don't know, what do you give him? Like seven million? What's I fair? Oh, no. Andy Dalton got 10 million a year to be the Bears punchy <laughs> bag. So um, average per year. I mean, to, uh, I think the bigger issue is the second ACL because, you know, there's only right. so many times that you can keep doing it, of course. Right. Javon Diggs makes 14.4 and Corey Davis makes 12.5. I think you could, if you have the money, Re, and the Rams might not have the money. And that's the problem if you do a one-year deal. You know, you got to worry about the salary cap stuff. I, th- I think somewhere between 10 and, and 14 million, but geez, Louise, man. I mean, Juju, give, him actually, year, give him a one-year $12 million deal. Juju Smith-Schuster signed a one-year $8 million deal with the Steelers, didn't he? Od- Odell is in, in, uh, unquestionably better than Juju. Yep. No, I think I think you do one-year 12 and incentives, yada, 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 because he's not going to be ready to go presumably until maybe November, October. Yeah, I would think, I, I mean, I would think it's probably Let's November. I mean, November is two nine plus, months. Two plus eight is ten. He'll be back before nine months. The, the young guys come back before that. Um, hey, assuming probably not that young. No, um, I mean, professional athletes, not 40-year-old men playing in old men's soccer. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. What was Odell making? My goodness, he was making nothing. Um and he's you know he's got he's had he's gotten big contracts in the past. I think you can there's something here where you can work it out. And and you're right, like make it incentive based. So you come back earlier, you know, you're ready to go. We make it, you know, win us give him like a monster, you know, give him a ten million dollar bonus if you win the Super Bowl again or something like that. I just want to point this out. Breach wants to pay Odell Beckham seven million for one year, but wants a third round pick for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Breach is no sense. Worst GM ever. Fantastic GM. Breach is like Breach is like it's like my wife's sense of money. <laughs> um yeah, exactly. Uh, John so Breach, UGM of the Texans. Speaking of injuries, <laughs> is there any concern for no, Joe Burrow's injury? With his he's knee? getting it tested I, as we do this podcast on Tuesday afternoon. Oh. I don't think any results will come back. That's, I'm going to say it has been – I hope it's a no news is good news situation, but I do not like how quiet it has been on that front. I don't know if they've tested it yet. If that makes you feel well, right. But you know, usually you get the report of early signs believe that this is the injury and it, it looks like uh, this and they'll have tests tonight to confirm it. And there's been nothing. I'll just say this as a, that's the concerning, ex- right? As the expert orthopedic person. Well, that's what podcast. I just said. I hope it's no news. Hold on. Good hold, news, on Brinson, hold on. But it does feel. Debo, I just want to point this out. Our, our buddy Quinn could not believe how much trouble I had getting in a word with these two buttholes interrupting me all the time just in the course of regular conversation not even on the podcast <laughs> and breach as it turns out might be worse than brinson which is sort of a what a you, sneaky it's, sneaky it's, thing it's been speak. a Bengals month once we get back to normal <laughs> it, things will be back to normal be i was trying to give you some good news but you interrupted me so i'm not going to tell you oh i want to hear give, 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 give the good news it's the podcast we don't pout on the podcast i'm not pouting i'm not pouting uh the thing is, when they say, oh, it seems like yada, 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 they don't know. They're just sort of doing like the on-field test. You have to do the MRI to see what's shredded and what's not shredded. So I don't think, you know, no news might be good news, but just because they haven't said everything seems fine doesn't mean anything. It just means they, no one's speculating because you don't know. You don't know until you look inside the... Uh, I, I was, <laughs> he was asked about like, like, what's your injury? What's the deal? And he's like, I wasn't coming out. 
Yeah, there's I, no way in hell Joe Burrow wasn't finishing that game. Like, it felt like a Philip Rivers situation when he tore his ACL. Well, because I'm, I'm going out there and whatever. Well, don't happens, say that because that's, that's not. But I, I, you know, I'm, I that's think that's how I feel about it too. If you're a Bengals fan, no, no, I mean he's just tough, and you, you don't. Again, you don't yeah, know. That's the problem. If he's, but like I told Brinson at the time, like that his ankle got twisted all sorts of sideways. I guarantee you, all he felt was his knee, the way that knee was bending. No, I thought Stafford. It was Stafford's ankle and Burrow. Okay, and this 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 injury was also the other part why going empty set on that fourth and one was so stupid. You have your injured quarterback out Ooh. there. If he gets any pressure at all, which Rand's been doing literally every single play in the second half, Burrow's gonna have to move around. He's hurt. Like, give what are you on, doing on so, that play breach? According to some nerd somewhere, Aaron Donald pressured Joe Burrow two point two seconds after the snap. So I don't care if you're so Burrow should have got it written a bit faster. <laughs> no, that's 1001, 1002. And you get hit. That's, I mean, what are you supposed to do if no one's open? I don't blame uh, him. I, I blame, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. With and him. there's, there's an image going around of like Jalen Ramsey falling in Jamar chase, but that image is from like a, a, a split second after the ball was already thrown. So like, Oh, right. Rewind yeah. the ball into his hand. And it's not, you know, that's not what Burrow's seeing. He's not clear cut. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't. And also he could have, ne- you know, it's, yeah, he was falling Burrow, down. If Joe Burrow could have seen the wide open receiver down the field, he would have thrown it there. Like, right, right. And if he wasn't being pressured in 2.2 seconds, he would have thrown the it whole, there. There's the whole meme of, F it, I'm just going to throw it up down to Jamar down the field. Right, well, right. You know, like when I was like 10, 11 years old, I used to wonder, like, if if you just took a, a drop back and threw the ball one step after your drop back and just, you know, uh, sort of an anticipation just throw it up. Eventually, the the... the Route will run underneath it, but I mean that's not how football works. I mean people are looking at you. There's pressure. Um, you can make anything a timing right, I suppose. But I mean Joe Pressure, uh, Joe Pressure, Joe Burrow was under pressure, and uh, it was playing on one leg. So I don't, I don't fault him at all. You know, we mentioned Cooper Cup's fantastic season. Uh, I will Stafford just the fourth QB in NFL history. Stop this. Stop it. To throw for six thousand yards uh, in regular season and postseason combined. Well, that's a huge number. Worth noting, 2,000 of those yards came via the 19 interceptions. (laughs) The other three quarterbacks to do it, Peyton Manning lost the Super Bowl in 2013. Uh, Drew Brees did it in 2011. What is that? And Dan Marino (laughs) did it in 1984. I'm watching the – I went to get a a clip of it because I wanted to hear Collinsworth and Michaels because they were like – Way more worried about it than it than I thought. You know, like they're like they weren't like, all right, let's see what Joe, you know, when Stafford's holding his thing, they're like, oh, you know, Stafford's uh, hurt and he's limping a little bit. I saw that limp out. They like the the clip I went to. It's it's the Super Bowl on ESPN, and it's like what? Steve Levy and and. I'm sorry. They, would they do the radio call or something? I don't know, but it's really weird. It's it's very bizarre. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know the ESPN angle, but it felt like Joe Burrow was. Uh, Stuck in that position for like a half second longer than he probably wanted to be, but I don't. We don't know. It was as, it was as good knee if that's any. His girlfriend was melting down. His mom was like, you can see it, read her lips. Her mom said he's okay, and she the girlfriend was was understandably melting down. But I'm sure the mom understands the toughness of her son. Although he he like we saw Matthew Stafford sort of casually limp off. If you can do that, Joe Burrow looked like he just got hit by a truck on the on the left side of his body. Yeah, and. It, it it did feel like part of it was, you know, he just he just wasn't coming out of the game. I mean, you know, yeah. I know he said that, but he just there was no chance he was coming out. I I sort of tend to think that no news is bad news. But no, I just explained it to you why it's not bad news necessarily. They're flying back. 
I, I feel like the, I feel like they don't want to. It doesn't matter if we pile it, pile it on for Bengals fans, basically. Like, hey, yeah. I know we lost the Super Bowl. The good news is we still got a great young quarterback. Unfortunately, he'll be rehabbing. I with can't imagine Beckham. the meltdown will be in Cincinnati if there's something. Because like, if it were the ACL, remember, wrong. remember, you know, he tore his ACL in like November, right, or October last year. Yep, November, and, I believe. And and he was. It was not an easy. It was not easy. It, back it, look, it's the same thing with Odell. If you you're not coming back week one, if you have a serious uh, uh, injury, yeah, I mean, right now, like the only and I'm uh, this is not me trying to do bingo because Wilson brought it. And don't even say it. But like the only guy to do it is Rivers. You know, he and he he played with no. He played with a torn ACL in January. Months. He had a full month extra recovery time. And he was back for training. and Philip Rivers came back. He came back in five months, which is yeah, you're playing of. training camp where you're not being. You know, he was back in mini. He was back in mini camp. Excuse me. He didn't miss a single snap of like the like. It was a five month thing for him, which is yeah, it's it's insane. It helps when you run a eight minute forty. He's not you know he he ain't Jerry Rice out there, so that helps. But still, the fact that they did it, and I'll give Phil Rivers credit. For this most of that stuff, you're physically healthy. It's all mental. You do you trust your. Do you trust your leg? And I think that's where Joe Burrow was early on. And he actually said that, I think, in preseason breach, maybe even this, over the summer. He wasn't sure if he was there mentally yet to trust his knee. And he got to it by the end, obviously. He was running all over the place in the playoffs in, in terms of scrambling, not just running for his life. And there should be another mental thing he'll have to overcome. Um, so he could conceivably play in seven or eight months, but it, I think it'll be the concern will be more above the neck than, than below the neck. And the good thing news, if it's minor, he doesn't have to do anything for the next two months. Yeah. Just Get 100% healthy and be ready to roll next season. Implore the uh, front office to, to sign and draft offensive linemen. All, he needs all to offensive linemen. All right. Do what the Chiefs did. Just complete overhaul. Let's, let's not let's not end it on a sour, paranoid note. So i just ask this. Was this the greatest NFL postseason? Yes. In the history of the sport? Because it sure feels like it. Yes. See you by, the way, by the way, the wild card round was terrible. People were complaining about it nonstop. It's like, oh, oh, why they had extra teams? This sucks. Blah 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 blah, and that ended up being the greatest playoffs ever. Does I like the, the wild card round. It was all good. The Bengals, remember no? Because remember, Bengals uh, uh, Raiders was marred by what's his face? It wasn't uh, marred by it. It was a uh, the referee yeah, blew the whistle. It was, it was a touchdown. It was a really good game. And, and, and you know what? That, that was the first game. It wasn't marred by the that throws. Marred by Jerome Boger being a freaking idiot. And no. Turning it into a I, I'm just saying that was one of the best games of that weekend. The wild card round was saved by the fact that the Cowboys tried to run a QB draw yes. with 14 seconds left in the game and no timeouts. And that's all anyone talked about for six straight days. It was like you forgot about that the other games, four of the other games suck. There are only two good games over wild card. Right. Weekend. Right. I right. would argue, I would push back. The other memorable moment for me was when the Steelers were up on the Chiefs 7 nothing after TJ Watt scored a touchdown. <laughs> that was the highlight of the weekend for me. Yeah, but it felt like, oh my God, the Steelers are going to win this well, I knew how it was going to end. I just enjoyed I mean, the beginning. I mean, divisional round was bonkers. You could, if you said that was the greatest weekend of football, nobody even flinched at that comment. And then the conference championships were fantastic. And then the Super Bowl, you know, it was, I think it's a top. Who did the Rams beat? 49ers? Was that the conference yeah. championship? Right. Yeah. The four hours were up 17 to seven in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. And the Bengals were down. 20, Tart. That was the Save first time since season. I think 97 or 98 that both teams in the conference title game were trailing by double digits. Did you say Jukowski Tart saved my season? Yeah. It cost me $3,500. Yeah. But your Stafford Hall of Fame argument's still alive. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win win. Brenton, do you want to have your pride or your money, man? Which one? I was speaking of my money. Guess what I won? Oh, uh, we have to send you money. New hair plugs. Pay up. We got we get it. Oh, right. $33. $33 a piece. Venmo at Will Princeton is my Venmo. Do you yep. want me to take I it will. off my uh, tattoo? Or do you want me to Venmo and you'll Venmo it back? 
<laughs> I'll move back. You've been moved. Fair yeah. enough. Um, we gotta settle settle our debts. Um uh, a podcaster always pays his debts. C Rad was trying in the comments trying to figure out where to pay from. No, you're covered, C Rad. This yeah, is all we're covering your yeah, you were gonna C- get a hundred if you won. We only get sixty six. Right. Right, 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 right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and man, that was a it's fitting though. That was a Ramsey and comeback because you were getting smoked. And then you somehow pulled it out. And this is also the worst wrenching thing ever because he can brag about the fact that he won and he made the right pick, even though the Rams were living like on the edge. All right, Breach, remind us next August we'll do the draft and we'll do it again. At the beginning of the season? And we'll do it again at week nine or whatever, halfway point. We'll we'll, um, redraft and we'll double up on the 33 each round. By the way, here's a a quote from Sean McVay. Um, He's he's, talking to Albert Breer. So talking about Raheem Morris, one of the best coaches, best leaders I know, blah, blah, blah. Then it was on Stafford. Everything. He's meant so much to me, to our team. There's a belief. He's maybe a better coach. He's elevated everyone around him. I think he solidified himself tonight as a Hall of Famer. What's he supposed to say? As long as we put Richard Sherman in the Duncan on Brenton Hall of Fame for his response to you, that I'm. I thought with. I thought Sherman was being. Like, you got mossed. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> what? You, 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 really you got so? mossed. No, I don't care. I read like two things. And I was like, yeah, Sherman, I'm gonna... Sherman was like, it's like he's like, how many Pro Bowls does he have? It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's, he's like, how many All Pros does he have? It's like Big Ben doesn't have an All Pro. What, what are you What are you doing here, pal? He's a Hall of Famer. Who? Big Ben? Your boy. Your boy. Stafford's getting in. I, well, I think that Sherman's other argument was that Matthew Stafford's never really been considered the best at his position in any which year is, that he's ever played. Which is Prisco. Prisco said he's never been top five in any year. That's, that's I mean, and, if you go by. And Brady Quinn six. agreed with that. Okay. BMAC's right. got your back, though. And I think Breach does half the time. It depends on what they And, and again, like, I, I don't think it matters because he's, if he plays four more years and. <laughs> And racks up, you know, seventeen thousand more passing yards, and I mean, there are forty-one passing touchdowns this year. Like he's I'm, his his numbers and the Super Bowl are just going to be by the seventeen time, interceptions. By the time by the time we get five years past his career, in in the and people sit down and be like, okay, let's look at this guy's like resume. It's just going to be a no-brainer. So I was I was laughing by the way. Let me get out of the get out on this. I was like oh, that quarter of my eye I had HQ on there doing um Champions League coverage, which starts on Tuesday, goes into Wednesday. And I said, why is Stephen A on set in Stanford? And I looked over, I said, Oh, it's Luis Miguel Itchigarai, who's has a, <laughs> does he look like Stephen A? He's just very tanned. And when you look out of your corner of your eye, I said, Oh, that's Stephen A. That's hilarious. Okay. Let's get out of here on that. Uh let's go watch some Champions League. I don't League. ever have to talk about the Super Bowl again ever, right? I yeah, can repress next the memory podcast. and put it behind okay. me and, and we're done. And okay, that good. is the final stage of grief. Yeah, that's, that is actually the first <laughs> stage of grief. That's called denial. Uh, okay, for uh, we'll be back uh, uh, tomorrow with a Brady Quinn football show. Of course, our full Super Bowl recap pod is in the feed. We will continue to deliver daily NFL audio content throughout the offseason. It's fun now. Free agency will be free agency. Free agency the draft will be a blast. The combine, all that stuff. Uh, got a long way till June before we have to really start. Sweating. Tune in on Friday, HQ. We're all doing the Pick Six show. Breaking news. Uh, I, I will not be there. Of course. Nor right, will I. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> Bye. All right, me uh, and you both. Tune in Friday. Wilson will be on HQ. For Wilson and Breach, I'm See you guys later. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.